Hi everyone, thanks for joining. Um, today I am speaking with Catherine Birbal Singh. Um, Catherine is the head of the Michaela School in London and they just had their, uh, like the results come out from like I guess your first class that did the, um, like your final examinations for graduating high school I think that's what it was and like they're all phenomenal. Um, and I was just, I mean first of all, thank you very much for coming on and secondly congratulations on all that um thank you uh, and i was just hoping because i'm like really curious like how this all started and uh -huh. and then you know what led you to do this and then if you could talk a bit about your school and then we could go from there yeah sure so um we opened in 2014 with 120 year sevens uh, free schools in England are what the U.S. call charter schools. Now, mm -hmm. charter schools have been around for 20, 30 years in the U.S. They've only been around since 2010 in uh, England, free schools. And th they, are, they give people, ordinary people, the opportunity to set up their own school. So as a teacher, you could get together a bunch of other people and you have to tick off a certain box. You need a project manager. You need a lawyer. You need various people. But once you've got that together, you go for an interview at the Department for Education and then you can set up a school. And that is essentially what we did. But it did take us three years to set this up. Uh, we opened in 2014 and every year we've been taking in a new year seven or grade seven, as you would say. Uh, and we're now all the way up to grade 12 and then we'll have grade 13 next year. So we'll be full. Um, and, um, yeah, the kids, uh, it's all going really well, really. I mean, um, uh, we see what's really fascinating about the whole free school movement is that it allows, uh, teachers to do things that they think are right. Uh, they're not just doing the same thing that's always been done. Well, some of them might be, but it gives you the opportunity to change things if you want to. And we have done that. So we are very much about uh, having high standards of discipline and uh, teaching uh, from the front of the class. Now, your listeners might think, well, what do you mean teaching from the front of the class? Where else would you teach from? Well, in, nowadays, I'd say for the last maybe 30, 40 years, uh, it is gradually, teaching has gradually become more of a, a profession that's, you, you're more of a facilitator of learning. So what I mean by that is the desks are in groups and the children are looking at each other and the teacher moves amongst the desks, keeping the children on task. Uh, and it's the children who are leading their own learning and um, discovering that learning for themselves. Uh, we don't do that. We are a lot more old-fashioned. The teacher stands at the front of the class and leads the learning. I always say the teacher needs to be driving the bus, uh, and the children are on the bus, and the teacher decides where the bus is going. Uh, in a classroom with group desks, it's not the teacher who decides where you, they're going. It's the children who decide. And um, that's very different. You know, what we're doing now is very different to what takes place in most schools in 2019. Um, and... Uh, and we find that the results are, are remarkable, really. Um, I think what what used to be done 50, 60 years ago it was, was the right way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, okay, I I went through uh, you know, the public education system in Canada, and that was in the 70s, and it was, you know, as you were describing, like teachers at the front of the classroom. Uh, you know, obviously there's yeah. projects and stuff like that, but it was also very focused on like I was looking at your curriculum and it's you know it's very straightforward it's you know when you're doing maths you're doing maths and 
I mean, I see some of the stuff in the United States and even some in Canada, and it's they're injecting all kinds of other things, and it's I don't know. I mean, I understand. Yeah, well, that. so oh. when you're talking about the group where you say, "Oh, we did group work and so on," like that was the beginning. Okay, so in the 1970s, you might do a little bit of group work, and it wasn't such a big deal. 1980s, you were doing a lot more of that. Um, by the time you get to 2019, the teacher is feeling bad if she teaches them anything and stands at the front of the class and leads. Um, it, what would be better is for her to give them some stuff to do in these groups and uh, and for them to continue uh, on their own and, and and go off in different directions. So different groups will be doing different things. And sometimes children are getting out of their chairs and wandering around the classroom deliberately and sticking post-it notes on each other's uh, foreheads or around the room and, and playing all sorts of games and so on. And the idea is that I suppose that you're making it more relevant to them and more engaging. But our position is very much that the subject itself should be engaging um, and that it's the job of the teacher to make the subject interesting enough. And that doesn't mean dumbing it down. That doesn't mean having the children jump around and be silly with the subject. It means giving them so much information about the subject and teaching them so well so that they, they find it interesting. You will find something interesting if you know a lot about it, right? Well, um, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, but well, you say that, but I mean, I, that that what I just said is really relative is really quite controversial in 2019. <laughs> okay, that's what I don't understand. I mean, your school so far is showing great success, and it seems like you're being criticized for being successful. Um, uh, no, I mean, I don't think they're criticizing us for being successful. I think that they um, don't believe that the success is important, so they don't say oh, well, I thought that school was not, I didn't like the methods that they used, but now that I can see how much success they have, uh, I'm now going to change my mind because they are ideologues and so they're not going to change their mind when their minds, when the evidence uh, shows that they're wrong. So they will change the goalposts. So originally they might have said, um, we're, you know, we don't like the school because uh, children can't possibly learn with the teacher uh, leading from the front. Then we come out with great exam results, and then they say, oh, no, but exam results aren't important. What's important is that children, um, I don't know, learn soft skills. But then they'll come in and they'll see, oh, well, look, actually, the children are, are, are doing family dining here and learning how to shake hands and look at, some, look, look at someone in the eye, and they're learning how to give appreciations to large numbers of uh, people at, uh, at once and, and be grateful. And um, so actually... Uh, Michaela really does develop the whole child. Oh gosh, okay, no, we still don't like it. Why don't we like it? Oh, it's because you have silent corridors and that means you're oppressing children. Now, I would say that having silent corridors is wonderful because it means they move very quickly to their lessons. No one gets punched in the face. Nobody gets um, bullied or, or shouted at. Um, the lesson isn't disrupted by latecomers. It's wonderful. Now, they don't like it and they'll just insist on it. Not, you know, they'll just say it is de facto a bad thing I'm saying it's clearly a good thing because look how happy the children are um, but I mean ultimately look there's lots of people who have been convinced you know lots of visitors here uh, I was just speaking to a couple of visitors downstairs who were saying you know a head teacher from a primary school and one of her teachers she was saying she'd be taking back a lot of ideas that she picked up here and using them in her school and we find that all over actually that there are schools everywhere from Canada even who come here and um and take ideas back to their schools, which is wonderful. Yeah, no, I mean, as far as I can tell from you know 
reading about your school and reading about the success, everything's working. And I, I think it's great. I think a lot of people like they're confusing things like, you know, you talk about discipline and automatically they think it's got to be something draconian and really harsh and brutal. And, but discipline doesn't have to be that, you know, and no, I think, I think kids discipline need is just clarity. Children, children have agency. That's the key thing that we need to remember. Uh, children choose to behave in different ways. Um, it is not the case, and we patronize them to suggest that they can't choose. They can. And you just need to be clear. If you do the right thing, you'll be rewarded. And if you do the wrong thing, you'll be punished. Now, what's the punishment? A 20-minute detention. whoop de doo I mean, come on. Is it the end of the world? You do your detention, and off you go. Um, it, but, what, but what it does is it allows the child to make a choice. And then he knows that there are consequences to his behavior. And that's that, you know? No, I mean, that's uh, I, I have no problem with that. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like that, but that, that's the, what it should be. Like there is clear defined lines uh, because yes, I agree with you that children, you know, we shouldn't coddle them or anything like that. And at the same no. time, but if you give them clearly defined lines, they know where to, they know where you stand and they, you mm -hmm. know, they might try to, you know, children are going to be children to some extent. They might try to push it a little, but if they know what the limits are, they, you know, they'll kind of stay in them. Um, yes. You know, but like I, some of the things like there was just one it just something that was recent and it was uh, you put it out and I agreed with you when you said they're like you know back up to teacher don't always listen to what your child says mm -hmm. now I, I think a lot of people took that to mean that oh well you know if my child comes home I mean I know some people took it to this extreme like bruised and battered like I shouldn't say anything it's like well, that's, that's not... just idiotic isn't it <laughs> I mean clearly I mean and these people are just looking for to be idiotic I mean that's just stupid I mean obviously well, I wouldn't be saying that I mean and if you want to insist that I'm saying that well then you you have you have a problem I mean there's just something wrong I'm talking about the everyday misdemeanors that children do oh I got a detention oh it wasn't me it wasn't me it was him I mean they say it a hundred times a day <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah okay you know and and when they do that as a parent, you need to go, oh, you know what? I don't believe you, right? Go and do your detention. As opposed to marching into the school and saying, oh, you've given my child a detention. You obviously hate my child. No, the teacher doesn't hate your child. In fact, if your teacher hated your child, then they wouldn't bother giving them the detention. They would just let them be rubbish, right? They, the, the whole point is they love them enough to give them a detention to help them become better people. Um, and all parents should be praying that they have teachers who give their child a detention. Um, because that's what any good head teacher wants their teachers giving the children detentions. And if you have teachers who don't give children detentions, you will have chaos in your school. Guaranteed. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the thing is, is that you should, you might want to take that advice. I mean, it's just advice of mine. I mean, I mean at the end of the day, if you want to, if you insist on uh, making sure your child um, doesn't have the right kind of structure by him at home because that's what this is it's structure and expectations that i hope parents should give their children if if you as a parent don't want to give them that well there's not much i can do about that i mean that's for you to d decide but um you know well, i hope okay. on that note it was just something from when i was a kid uh i think it was in the third grade and mm -hmm. i'd done something stupid and the teacher gave me lines and said okay go home you know 200 mm -hmm. times right i can't even remember mm -hmm. what it was like i won't be late or something Yes. And my mother saw me doing this and she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I was late, so I got to do this. Okay. Now, first of all, she was like, you know, she's like, why were you late to class? You shouldn't be late. You know, she completely said that. And then mm. she looked at the line. And she's like, 
this is stupid. She goes, do the lines. And then she got me to write out a couple of paragraphs on why it's wrong to be late. And then she wrote at the bottom of that to my teacher. She's like, my son was wrong. I agree with you that, you know, he did something wrong. And, you know, I've spoken to him about it. And, I, you know, he shouldn't be late. And she's like, in future, if he does something wrong, instead of giving him lines, which is useless, maybe give him something like this. Now, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but, like, my mom would Well, what I would say, yeah. what I would say is what would have been better mm-hmm. is for her to have done that privately. So... For her to have written to the, you know, uh, I mean, obviously in those days there was no email, but nowadays you would email the teacher or email the school and just say, hey, how about, I've got a great idea. Thanks so much, Miss So-and-so, for disciplining my child. He's really naughty. He shouldn't have been late. And I'm so grateful that you caught him on that. Thank you very much. Um, I wonder whether you might like the idea of, instead of setting children lines, um, getting them to write out the reason why they're, um, you know, w- 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 what they did wrong or whatever it is, right? Um, now, the thing is, it's that it's possible the teacher might say, great idea, you know, but actually I'll tell you why we do lines instead. Because, the, the, and I can give you a whole host of reasons why your mom's idea is not, nece- is not necessarily the best one. Because there are some children who won't be able to write the reasons what they've learned from it unless they have a mum who's standing over them, helping them with that. Now, you did have a mum who was helping you with it and helped you write your reasons for what you've learned from this and so on. Many children don't have that. Um, And then they don't know what to write. And then they turn up the next morning and they haven't done their lines. The thing that's great about lines, now I have to say we don't do lines, um, and we don't do lines for similar reasons as to what your mother thought. We would do work that's sort of like homework. But um, the fact is that what's great about lines is there's a, you can give a number, you can be really clear about what you want, and then when they come in the next day, I mean, again, we wouldn't send lines home. I mean, I, I think that's a bit silly, but, you know, if they were at the end of the detention, you can then see, have you actually worked? Have you done the work that I've asked you to do or not? And it's just very easy to be able to um, tick that off. So, you see, your mum, in that instance, because she's not a teacher, is not thinking uh, like a teacher has to think when you have 200 kids that you're having to deal with um, and you're trying to find a system that works. All your mother was thinking about was her boy in that particular situation with her as your mom who could help him and in that one instance she was absolutely right it was better for you to write about why you um you know shouldn't be late but that might not be the right system for the school and 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 in fact it's really great that you've given that uh, example because often people think that because they've been to school that they know how to run a school and they don't and neither do they know how to teach. Um, nobody thinks because they visited a hospital that they know how to do surgery. Um, and I wouldn't dare go into a surgery, uh, you know, into uh, an operating theatre and tell the surgeon how to do his surgery. I just wouldn't do it. And yet, people regularly tell teachers how to do their jobs. And that's because they think because they've been to school, they know just as much as the teacher. And they don't. Now, that doesn't mean they can't and come up with an idea that might be of use, fine. But that's why I say if she'd written and said, look, thank you so much for what you're doing. I'm really grateful. Um, I wonder what you might think of this idea. Uh, maybe it's a silly idea, but I thought I'd throw it out there anyway. She's showing humility and saying, look, actually, I know I don't know anything about teaching, but hey, I, maybe my idea might be a good one. She's also showing gratitude for what the teacher has done for her child. Um, and she's behaving in a way that is appropriate. The problem with her writing that on your sheet and sending you in with that is that she's telling her son, you know what, I think your teacher's a bit stupid. 
And the problem with doing that is that if the child, now you might have been quite a good child, because actually you're saying you admitted what you did. So, which already tells me that you were a child who was, who, who, you know, who was happy to tell your mom, look, I got something wrong, which is, which is really commendable, you know. Um, but if, let's say you're not, or even you as the good kid, your mom's saying, you know what, your teacher's just a bit dim here. You know, she's giving you something to do, which is a bit stupid. Um, so when your teacher asks you to do something the next time, like do a piece of homework or she teaches you something in the lesson, you as a child will be thinking, well, does my teacher know what she's talking about? Is she that bright? I don't know, because my mom told me that she's not very clever. Um, do you see? It undermines that trust and respect that the child should have for their teacher. Now, look, your mother's a good woman. I'm not saying she's a bad person. <laughs> she just doesn't know. Nobody's told her, look, don't undermine the teacher because otherwise you're actually undermining your child. So that's what I was doing. I wrote an article yesterday in the Telegraph to come out today saying this, saying, parents, listen to me. I'm giving you advice here. Take it or leave it. But this is great advice because in the end, you want your child to learn from, your, from their teacher. And if you undermine the, the position of authority that that teacher has, uh, your child is going to learn far less from that teacher. Okay, no, that, that, you know, that makes sense. Like I said, I, again, this was something from the mid-70s, so it was something along those yeah. lines. I'm, my my memories obviously got yeah, fuzzy from back to back. I mean, break. but it's a great example. Yeah. Great example. Kind of thing that happens all the time. I mean, 70s, 80s, 90s, nowadays, kind of thing that happens all the time, except, I mean, to be honest, nowadays it's, it's far worse. You know, you've got parents marching into schools saying, I'm going to get that teacher and who was he to tell me, tell my child, blah, 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 and so on. You know, and there's there's real kind of aggression and anger coming from parents, um, which is uh, which is horrifying. And their their child sees them behaving this way. I mean, I've even had children who come in and are apologizing for their parents behavior. You know, children who are so embarrassed by their parents that they 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 know that their parent is in the wrong. I mean, it's awful. It's just awful. I mean, I, <laughs> it's just awful that their parents are embarrassing them in this way. Oh, no, I mean, okay. And I, and I should say, like, my parents, you know, that was like, I gave you that one example, but, you know, parent-teacher meetings or whatever, you know, if the teacher gave gave me praise, you know, that was, you know, you did a good job, great. And if the teacher, you know, like, there were times or classes I didn't do well in or whatever, and the teacher said, you know, and my parents were doubly like, nope, you're gonna have to like double down. And you did this, and like they, there was never, there was never that like, okay, the teacher's wrong, you're right. You know, it was always okay. The teacher's telling us something. You know, you're failing in this, or you're falling behind in this, but you're doing great yeah. there. You know, so they, there was never of okay, we're gonna take your side over the teacher. Uh, you know, like, again, maybe that was you know. That I also I think has to maybe had to do with my mom. Like you know, she grew up in Pakistan. She went to school there, and uh, she thought that was, and maybe that's where she came from. I don't know, um, but yeah. Well, also it was the nineteen seventies. Yeah. So that wasn't the culture. Wasn't one of you know telling teachers off and so yeah. on and so forth. Um, whereas nowadays uh, there is that culture. They don't trust the uh, teachers, and that's a real shame. It's a real shame. Um, I wanted to just get back to your curriculum because I'm looking at the curriculum you're doing and I'm looking at, you know, on your webpage and I hear you talking about that stuff. And I have friends here who are teachers, um, mainly like younger kids 
uh, from like kindergarten to grade, grade three. But everything seems to be focused on, and more so in the States and Canada, but it's all focused on these tests. Like you have to do these tests every so often. Um, kids take an insane amount of tests throughout the year. And I don't mean like, you know, quizzes in class. You, you read a book and, you know, for English class, you can take a quiz on that. I mean, it's just like these standardized tests over and over and over again. So everything seems to be focused towards getting the answer where you kind of seem to be focused more on the methodology and like, you know, yes, you get the right answer, but how do you get the answer? And like, why does this work like that? And it's, you know, well, the thing is, I mean, I don't know how often the tests take place. Uh, I have to say that testing often gets a bad reputation and it shouldn't do. Testing isn't bad. Testing is a good thing um, because uh, it allows uh, a teacher to see how much the child has learned. And it's not just a child, it's the whole cohort and see how much they've learned. And then they might see a pattern. Oh, look, number three on the test, everybody's getting wrong. Well, clearly we haven't taught that properly. Something's gone wrong there. So testing is, is, a, is a very good thing. The reason why you think it's a bad thing, and people often do, is because they think that um, uh, people, and, and it can happen, that people are teaching to the test. And what that means is, instead of just teaching children things they need to know, the teacher goes to the test and thinks, well, what's going to come up on the test? Right, I'm going to teach them this, because it's on the test, as opposed to I'm going to teach them stuff they need to know. When what ought to be happening is you teach them stuff that they need to know, and it so happens that they also have a test, and they look at the, they do the test, and some of the stuff that they know comes up, and maybe some stuff they didn't know comes up, you know, rather than having just been taught to the test. Um, that and, and, and that kind of incentive to teach the test comes from league tables. So what I mean by league tables is uh, schools being judged according to how well they've done in those in those results. And that, of course, just gives schools an enormous incentive to um, to 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 just teach to the test because who cares about anything else? All that matters is the kids knowing what's on the test because all that matters is what, how 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 the school comes across, you know. Um, that, and, that, and that, that is a difficult it, balance to get. Yeah, but that's you know? the issue in a lot of the schools in the states, uh, the public system, anyways, and it's some of the ones in Canada than the public system. It's if you do well on these tests, if you do well on these scores, you know, uh, more help with budget, blah blah blah. You'll you know you're doing better, so you you'll get more resources. So that's right. what they're doing. They're they're okay. We have to get good marks on these tests so they're focused on just doing that and they're standardized tests so you can't like if it's a math quiz you know where you can show your work and you can go through that you know it's just okay multiple choice pick an answer right it's just okay so and it depends on the quality of the test right so uh if the test is such poor quality that um you're you're not you can just teach to it right then that's a bad test. If you have a good quality test and it's impossible to just teach to the test and they actually have to be able to master certain skills, then then that's a good test and that's what you want to be using. Now, of course, I don't know what these tests look like, so it's hard for me to comment. Um, but, um, I mean, multiple choice isn't always bad. Uh, it, 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 as long as the detractors, meaning the the options so there's the option that's correct and then there's the options you should always have five options and of the options that aren't correct those detractors they have to be incorrect in ways that would make the child think so you know what year is it 2019 or is it um 
you know, 1941 or is it 1854? You know, well, it's pretty easy. It's 2019. I suppose, like, imagine you're doing this for four-year-olds. Well, is it 2019 or 2018 or 2017 or 2020? Perhaps then they have to pause and think, oh, gosh, well, which one is it? Obviously, it, what I'm saying is the detractors have to... Um, have to make the child think in that moment, right? It can't be obvious. Um, so it all depends on the quality of the test, um, and and I can't comment because I don't know about the I don't know about the, what the, what the content is of the test. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like again, I'm I'm speaking to people, and you know, I'm I'm getting what they're saying, and then you know they do news reports and stuff on that as well. But granted, you have to take everything like that with a grain of salt. But yes, you do. Um, but I mean, even here, like, you know, some charter schools do great and they talk about those and uh, and it's always something that's like what you're doing. It's not the standard, you know, here's the cookie cutter approach from the government. Follow this. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, you know, I, I think your approach will work, but obviously if it's a school in uh, southern United States, they might have to tailor certain things slightly differently than what you're doing but you know like the core of what you're doing I I think would pretty much work anywhere yeah definitely hmm. definitely would hmm. definitely uh, um, well, sorry go ahead yeah go on go on go on no I was because I was looking like one of the things you, you kind of focus on um, on your website is preparing the kids to go to any university like to be ready to go to any university that they want or if they want to go on to something else right uh like if they want to go into trades or if they whatever they want to do, so, and that's one of the issues I see here. Uh, I don't know so much about the UK. Is oh well, we have to fix you know how people are getting into university, and mm-hmm. you know, you'll hear why. You know, what do you mean? What's wrong with them? Well, okay, like uh, like okay, if you heard about the thing in Harvard where they were skewing the SAT results oh. and, and like things mm-hmm. like that. Now I'm in my mind. What you're doing is the right thing. Okay, prepare the people properly so that when they, ha- they, they have the skills to be able to go anywhere. Um, whereas if you, at the end of it, if you let someone in who's not quite prepared, but you're like, okay, well, you know, because of whatever reason, you don't have the skills, but we'll, you, you, you might be good enough, so we'll let you in, and that person ends up failing. I mean, I think that's the complete wrong way of going about it. Yeah, well, I mean... Y- I mean, look, first of all, not everybody needs to go to university. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it depends on whether it's the right thing for you. Uh, secondly, you've got to find the, well, you've got to write, find the right course for you and so on. It all depends. Um, I mean, I understand in Canada that you get kind of marks from your teachers and that's it. There are no national exams, are there? Oh, there is. Are there yeah, nas- yeah, you have to take, uh, uh, and it changes province to province. Uh, Quebec's slightly different because we have a weird system here um, but there is federal and provincial um, final exams and oh, right. so you have to okay. so they take those results so let's say you're graduating year you'll always be accepted provisionally depending on how you do on your finals so and then uh, they usually take the finals from grade 9, 10 and 11, Quebec high school goes to grade 11 so they go grade 9, 10 and 11 and then those are the results. And the exams that you're taking, the finals, they are what? They are made by whom? They're made by the government. Oh, I see. And, okay. Uh, right. Like I said, there's there's some that are provincial level, some that are federal level, and these are government exams. And um, so, okay, again, going back to like this for me, it's like the late 80s. 
uh, you know, if we're doing it like it was a, so the final exam in trigonometry, right? So it was, yes, multiple choice, but they give you uh, scratch paper and you have to show your work. Like you can't mm -hmm. just say, well, okay. yeah, this is the answer, but you know, you can yeah. guess and get it right. But if you don't show your work, mm -hmm. like, you know, it doesn't really count. So that, that, that was the kind of thing. And, uh, but you know, they still have that. They still have those kind of exams and you have to, those, it's not like in the States where you have the, the SATs, um, you know, they have that for like law school and medical school here. You still have to take those exams like the LSATs and the MCATs. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, it's just government issued final exams for, and it's not for, it's for uh, chemistry, maths, physics, English. Uh, yes. And French. And Quebec was French. Yes. Um, yes. Well, I mean, that's good. Is that not good? You well, don't think that's good? Okay, look, final exams are great. You know, they're like exams like that. And I, again, I guess we had teachers, uh, one of my favorite teachers in high school, our history teacher in grade 10, we had a quiz every week. We had a test mm -hmm. every second week, but it was, you know, this, this week we're studying, it was Canadian history. So, you know, we're studying this chapter, which is discussing this. So there'll be a quiz on that. There'll be a big test next week on, you know, these two chapters. And it was, it was not, it was focused on learning that. And it was, you know, little small essay like you know paragraph essay questions and things like that whereas the standardized testing now from what it seems to me is just you know they're focusing on just getting you to get the right answer because there's so many of them and you know a lot of stuff is based on how well the students in that school do on those tests mm -hmm. which i mean there's there's like i like i said a quiz every week and a test every second week that's some people might think that's a lot of testing but it was studying the material and getting to know the material. Yeah, that's a different... So assessments have different purposes. So those assessments that are taking place every week yeah. are helping the teacher check to make sure that everybody's learned what you've been learning that week. Um, and so it just... It checks, oh, I need to redo this bit, I need to redo that bit. Oh, they, they didn't understand this, etc. That's what that assessment's doing. The assessment that you're taking, your finals, as you say, it's called finals because it's at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and it's assessing whether or not you've reached a certain standard to get into university. So it has a very different purpose to the one, the, the assessments that are happening every week. Yeah. Do you see? Oh, no, no, I, I, I get that. And like we used to have midterm and final exams and the midterms were weighted, you know, I think it's uh, 60 on the finals, 40 on the midterms. Um, mm. So that's kind of how it was weighted. And, it, and I have no issue with that. Like you need something like that. You need some sort of thing like that. But it's just like these standardized tests, I'd have to go and back and look at the numbers. But it was some ridiculous amount that these kids were doing. Uh, right. And it's, what do you mean? You mean to practice? No, no, no. Like they were doing, they were having to take, you know, a test, like let's say once a month, a standardized government test type of thing. And uh, it, yeah, well, that's a bit weird. I yeah. mean, I don't really understand that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like it, it, it is not just, okay, a midterm and a final. It was mm -hmm. all the way through. And it's, yeah. you know, that's that that that's where I'm like with the standardized testing. That's where I think it's wrong. The testing, like you know, quizzes in class, revision, you know, doing your homework, all that kind of stuff. That you need that for the teacher, like you said, the teacher can see how an individual student in that one class is doing. Mm -hmm. But you need the midterms, you need the finals. I mean, I, I, I don't. Anyone who says you don't, I, I don't know where you could come up with proof that you don't. But yes, <laughs> I'm not in that field, so yes. Okay. Well, um, um, well, great. Well, 
I, any other no I'm yeah. just, thank you very much for your time i you know there's thank you very much for talking to me i i was going to say like do you i heard that there's a couple other schools that are going to copy your model like in the uk or do you have anything else like well, future plans i mean stuff people take on? ideas all the time and um, and we are going to open up a second school uh, just outside of london so um you'll have to watch the space but it's going to take a bit of time but people are always using our methods as i say even in canada people take some of our methods so you know, that's exciting. And the key thing is that, you know, teachers should be leading from the front. Uh, you need to have high standards of behavior, um, follow through on everything. Um, and, you know, the parents need to buy into that. I mean, my position is always, you know, if parents don't like what we're doing, then we're not the right school for them, you know. Um, and you might want to go somewhere where you do more group work. Um, but I do think your child won't learn as much, that's all. But some people might not mind that. Some people say, oh, I don't care. I'd rather they learn less. And that's fine. I mean, you know, it's a free country. People need to be able to do what they want. Um, we, um, yeah, we have a, you know, what we're doing is exciting. And a lot of people buy into it and love it. And that's that's the main thing, really. Yeah. Well, again, um, congratulations. And congratulations thank to you. your staff and your students. And thank, thank you. you very much. And okay. thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you.